You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show with G-Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, it's the Jeep Talk Show. It's a show about Jeeps, the family you meet for the first time off-road. Join us tonight while we share some tech, some info, and maybe a little funny along the way. Jeez, Josh, I see the news. I saw the news over the weekend. I don't mean the local news, although I wouldn't be surprised if it shows up in the local news pretty soon. Your Honda was stolen again. Didn't you just park it in the wrong place? Maybe you're just getting some uh, dementia. That, that's the problem. It's national news, actually, but, uh, but yes. No, Tony, uh, this will be the fifth instance my car has gone missing from my driveway. And if you add in the times it's been broken into to the times it's actually been stolen, that makes nine times. Nine yeah. times. Nine times. That's right, folks. <laughs> Josh, Not a joke. <laughs> that's got to be some sort of record. That's got to be some sort of record. Well, you know, Give us some good news, Josh. What do we have on this week's show? Well, we'll be talking with the owner and the operator of UOHV fam, Robin Tao. And more of that wisdom from Steve 4.3 LXJ is going to be happening in Jeep Tips. We'll get you caught up with some sexy Jeep news in This Week in Jeep. And, oh, we'll be announcing the winner of our Jeep Action Magazine year-long subscription. And uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, hint, hint, it goes to a red Jeep owner. Huh, how about that? Uh, Tammy's gone again, so brace yourself for another sausage fest. <laughs> of course. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you, of course, by Amazon.com. Did you know that Amazon has some pretty ingenious solutions to everyday problems? It's true. Need a wrench bigger than what you have? Done. Maybe a special fluid for that quad or hard to find Jeep be- uh, part for that Jeep. Whatever you need to fix the problem at hand, you'll find it at Amazon.com. And you'll find an Amazon button on our website that you'll want to use before shopping, too. Clicking that button will ensure that any purchase you make within 24 hours will have a small percentage donated to the Jeep Talk Show. Get what you need and help us out at the same time. Just click the Amazon button at JeepTalkShow.com. Hey, and thanks in advance. Well, Jeep is turning to celebrities for a Wrangler customization contest. For any of us, really, Jeep owners all around, customizing our ride is pretty much a rite of passage, a a must-do, a mandate, if you will. Some of us do it for looks, some of us do it for performance, and some of us just do it because we can't help ourselves. Be it an upgrade as small as new tires and wheels to going nuts with a full-blown rock crawler build, the Wrangler is likely one of, if not the, most customized vehicles on the planet. We know this. The aftermarket industry has been making billions off of it for years, so I'm pretty sure it's safe to say they know this too, and Jeep knows it as well. So it comes as quite a surprise when the automaker publicly turns to a handful of celebrities and asks for help customizing the new JL generation of Wrangler. It's all going down on a six-part web series called Jeep Wrangler Celebrity Customs. Former NBA star and current sports analyst Jalen Rose has been tapped for host duty for the show. The series will travel to various locations where celebrity will work alongside a local shop to bring their customized Wrangler vision to life. Former MLB superstar Alex Rodriguez is joining forces with West Coast Customs for his build. He views the Wrangler as a symbol of freedom and adventure. Shouldn't be too hard to make his 2018 Jeep Wrangler Sport S mimic that notion. 
journalist and television presenter Maria Menounos says she's always wanted a Jeep Wrangler but has never scratched that itch. Alongside DCD Customs, Menounos will fill the Wrangler void in her life with a customized Wrangler Rubicon. She's eager to get the job done so she can roll in style up California's PCH Pacific Coast Highway. Finally, the third Jeep, which is a Wrangler Sahara, will be modified along or will be following the lead of Infatuation co-founder, co-founders Andrew Steinhall and Chris Stang. Their platform focuses on helping people un- uncover great restaurants, which is fitting since the Wrangler helps people discover great places, trails, and vistas. Stefano Loria of Autocraft in New York City is the person tasked with turning the stock Sahara into a machine worthy of a deeper level of infatuation. The first episode is already out, and the remaining five episodes will roll out throughout the month of September on the official Jeep website. If you're interested in checking out episode one, well, we're going to have a link to it in the show notes for this episode. The final episode of the Jeep Wrangler Celebrity Customs will air on September 27th. During that segment, each Jeep, tuning shop, and celebrity team will show up in Los Angeles with their finished products, and it's there where a winner will be crowned. So, Josh, I'm trying to think if celebrities, if they're looking for celebrities to help promote uh, the Jeep JL, yeah. I, I'm wondering if they're thinking about um, uh, who was that? Who was that guy that played the uh, the uh, the Human Torch on uh, uh, the Fantastic oh, Four? Oh, Fantastic Four! <laughs> uh, uh, I, 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 names on the tip of my tongue. Is it uh, Chris Evans? It is Chris Evans. Yes, you know they could go with Captain America. But I think it would be more fitting as the human torch for the JL because, you know, we know the problems the JL's had recently. Oh, Tony. <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're new here, so I understand well, why yeah, you're surprised. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, 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 I checked out episode one of this, and, and it looks a little bit clunky, you know, uh, not exactly what you would call – um, a very, um, oh, I don't know, uh, articulate public speaker, uh, the host, and uh, he does a decent enough job. So they um, like really us. It's, <laughs> it's, re- <laughs> it's really about all the eye candy, unlike oh, us. Yeah, uh, yeah. And no, they, they do a great job of filming a lot of great angles and camera work and stuff. And it looks like this is going to be a very, very cool web series. Now, um, the first one doesn't really get into much as far as the customization. It's more of like a, this is what this is, and this is what we're going to do type of an episode. Um, but like again, like I said, we're going to have the link to it at the show notes for this episode. Uh, I'm really curious to see what the rest of the episodes are going to look like. Uh, they do a lot, of, um, uh, a lot of interview, a lot of back and forth, a lot of um, explaining exactly what, where the direction things are going and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how they integrate the actual build and the tech and the modification aspect of this into, you know, what is very much looking like a reality TV series. Well, you know, it's always fun to have a attractive and articulate host, but if the tech is good and interesting, that's really all you need. Well, what this person needed, well, what this Jeep needed really uh, was one heck of a team to recover. And uh, we're going to call this possible closure for a Jeep family's loss. After a Kansas woman lost control of her Jeep on Iron Chest Road, falling 450 feet down the steep slope on Mount Cryoslite, Buena Vista-based off-roading group CORE was among the 4x4 volunteers from around the state to assist in a two-day mission to recover the vehicle. While driving along a shelf road that leads to Mary Murphy Mine, about 2.25 miles from the trailhead south of St. Elmo, Jennifer Orr hit a boulder in the narrow path and began tumbling down the avalanche chute. Orr was pronounced dead at the scene. 
Her daughter, Sam Orr, was airlifted from the scene. The Orr's family dog, Bentley, was lost in the area for 19 days. CORE, or Colorado Off-Road Enterprise, Colorado 4x4 Recovery, the Colorado Rock Hoppers, and the Colorado Forest Service all assisted in the weekend-long recovery. It took a team of 22 volunteers to pull the Orr's vehicle up the grade, which was over 60% in some places. The mountainside was so steep that they had, had secured two winch anchors to a granite wall, had two Jeeps facing each other, both with winches, pulling the red, four by, the red four-door Jeep JKU up the avalanche chute at a rate of only a few feet per minute. The three vehicles were hitched to the back of each winching Jeep to provide counterbalancing weight. Most winch lines on a Jeep are at most about 100 feet, so they had no choice but to do this in increments. Pull it 30 feet, then re-rig it. Rinse and repeat. Re-rigging this Jeep during the steep recovery was no easy trick. Tension from the lines couldn't be let up while re-rigging because the Jeep would just slide back down the mountainside and possibly be unreachable. After nearly 10 hours of steady recovery and rigging work, the Jeep still rested 150 feet below the road. Just imagine, guys, taking 10 hours to winch a vehicle the length of a football field. Core took over the lead on the operation on Sunday, another full day, because once the crumpled vehicle was on the road, well, it had to be driven out. Now, easier said than done, the first quarter mile is nothing but a boulder field here. And it ends by traversing the shelf road through two avalanche chutes. So, in other words, more than a little jaunt through the woods. The Jeep was entirely inoperable, too. Busted wheels, ruptured tires. I mean, the thing was all but a taco. Its battery had been thrown from the chassis as it rolled down the chute, and there was likely not a drop of fluids left in it. Volunteers put fresh tires on the vehicle that was banged and, well, pretty messed up. They banged and pried the steering linkage out as much as possible and, using multiple straps on each end, hitched it between two Jeeps and literally drove it back with one man in the driver's seat turning the steering wheel. The Jeep spent over a hundred and the group, sorry, spent over 150 volunteer hours on this mission. Colorado 4x4 Recovery says this is the hardest one that they've ever done, and it's the only one they've ever done that involved a fatality. Jennifer Orr's family had returned to Colorado to retrieve the Jeep and to search for Bentley, the dog, who was found Saturday on the ridge above the mine. The video of Sam Orr's cathartic reunion with her one-year-old golden doodle went viral, and it was shared thousands of times on Facebook and spread through the national news media outlets. Hopefully, the recovery of the Jeep brought the family a little bit of closure as well. In addition to their work removing the Jeep, Orr removed the boulder Orr was driving over when she began to fall. The team said it was, well, just seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it's a very interesting story, and I, I think the only thing that uh, that bothers me, uh, you know, it, it's extremely interesting. I just hate that somebody passed away yeah. uh, in this. We actually reported on this uh, when you were out uh, a few weeks ago. And, Is that right? Yeah, and uh, the uh, the daughter that was with her was severely injured. You don't happen to yeah. have seen anything uh, in, when you were doing this research about yes. her condition. Well, she was life-flighted from the scene. Uh, her injuries were severe enough uh, to where she obviously was not getting out under her own power uh, and, and certainly not without a, a life-flight assistance. So she was airlifted to a, to a nearby hospital. Um, I, I don't know the extent of her injuries. I just know the severity of them, and she was in the hospital for several days uh, recovering. But uh, she was able to recover enough from those injuries to make the trip back to Colorado back up the mountainside um, uh, to be, you know, re reunited with the dog and uh, and all that. So, 
Um, I mean, alive and kicking, I don't think you can ask for much better. No, no, you can't. And as a parent, that would be my wish that my uh, my child, oh. if, if somebody had to die, oh. it, it much rather would be me than uh, anything else. And I'm I'm really happy about the dog, but 19 days, you got to oh. wonder what that dog was eating and drinking. Oh man, I can't. I mean, my heart is just breaking, you know. And I hear that, and and that video. I mean, if you watch that video, and it doesn't bring tears to your eyes. I don't I don't know if you have a heart in you. But uh, that that was I mean one of the the most you know uh, touching reunions I've seen in a while. I'm sure the dog was like, "What the hell happened?" I know. Where the hell were you guys? I was well, happy because I, I was happy. I've always wanted to fly, but you know, then I was I missed you guys. Where were you? <laughs> no, I, and I'm surprised the dog was able to not only that only not only the dog survived this uh, this accident, but was able to survive out in the wilderness in this area. Yeah. Very remote area, mind you, for 19 days. And we're talking over two weeks here um, that this dog survived. So uh, with, you know, I mean, no food or really shelter, uh, I you know, don't know where the closest water source is. I mean, it's just amazing tales of survival. And you look at the the just how rugged that landscape is it's amazing that the dog made it out without any injuries i think the angels uh, saw this and said you mm. know there's enough bad stuff that's happened to these people we're going to make sure the dog makes it oh well you guys coming up a little bit later in the show we're gonna have an interview with robin tau stick around got a tip we do it's time for jeep tips this is steve 4.3 lxj again with dana 30 uh, Jeep tips, and uh, we were talking about the WJ uh, steering knuckle and brake upgrade. Uh, the WJ knuckles just basically they bolt on. I did you, I did change out the uh, lower ball joints for the WJ. It's a different part number, and I really don't think there's much difference in it outside of the length on the stud. But I did it anyway. So plan on uh, using the ball joints that go with the WJ. And uh, there, there's a. a after you put your spacer on and, and uh, kind of tack welded it in place and so forth, you have to worry about getting a uh, disc for your brakes from mounting on a five on five and a half bolt, or excuse me, a five on five inch bolt pattern down to a five on 4.5. And this isn't hard. It just takes a drill press. And so what you do is you, Take these uh, discs and you stack them on top of each other with the cone side up towards each other. And you get them all lined up just right. Line up the center. Make sure that the the place you're going to drill is halfway in between roughly than the other two holes. And uh, the secret is you tack weld it together. And you take it over to your drill press. You drill five holes. It's cast iron. Drills pretty fast. And... To get them apart, because they're cast iron, you just drop it on the floor, they fall apart, and uh, maybe grind off a weld or something that maybe is sticking there, and you're ready to go. You're ready to put that uh, disc on a different bolt pattern. Works like a charm. Now, the uh, thing about these brakes is there's two styles of disc brake calipers that are on the WJ, the early ones. Uh, I can't remember what brand those are, but they are physically a larger casting than the later ones on the O2 and up, which is the Akibono uh, caliper. And uh, you really want to get the Akibonos for two reasons. One is, is there are some brake warpage issues with discs with the earlier ones. I don't know why. Uh, 
I can't think of any explanation for it, but some people say there's disc brake warpage. The other is that uh, the casting on the Akibonos is much smaller, and you can run a 15-inch wheel. So if you've got 15-inch wheels, and, and I, I don't mean stock wheels, you're going to have to use aftermarket wheels, um, then uh, you can uh, use those with the Akibono. And uh, the other thing you're going to have to do is get creative with your track bar and make sure that it's aligned properly. You're going to have to make sure that the uh, mounting points between the track bar is parallel to the mounting points between the uh, uh, steering uh, drag link. And you're going to have to uh, come up with a drag link. You're not going to have a Y-link steering anymore. You're basically going to have a... Uh, You'd be on your way to a high steer. Uh, I flipped my tie rods with uh, Terraflex inserts, and I have the uh, same steering height for my drag link as with the Terraflex uh, high steer. So uh, there is that, and, and that's another reason to uh, make that modification. <laughs> hey, coming up in Tech Talk, how to lose your daily commuter in three easy steps. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. We sure would like you guys to check out the 4x4 Radio Network the next time you got a chance. Uh, next time you're online or next time your buddy's online, just chew them over. Go ahead and take over that keyboard. Type in 4x4radionetwork.com. And you're going to see the Jeep Talk Show there, of course. But you're going to see a bunch of other stuff there, too, that, well, we got something for everybody. We've got, well, we've got the 4x4 podcast. We've got the Center Steer podcast, the Trail Chasers podcast, and the On the Trail podcast, too. A little something there for everybody. So be sure to check it out. 4x4radionetwork.com. Hey, and I'll just mention, uh, although not technically part of the 4x4 Radio Network, it's a, a, a little podcast that Dan puts on uh, called uh, Overlanding. And uh, they actually have an, I'm sorry, Overlanding Roundtable, and uh, they actually have a new episode out. So if you guys enjoyed the Overlanding Roundtable in the past, there is a, a new episode out there now. So uh, just go out there and look for Overland Roundtable and uh, have a good listen. So last week we interviewed Sean Wood from Tom Wood's Custom Drive Shaft, and he was kind enough to offer, uh, offer us up some swag for you. Uh, here's, <laughs> here's how two, and I'll laugh because there was, there was a lot of good calls that we had and I picked these two. Uh, here's how two of our listeners won their Tom Woods, uh, t-shirts. How's it going? My name's Sebastian. I just want to say Tom Woods drive shafts are badass. I got one, uh, from my rear on my Jeep TJ and I plan on getting my front soon. So hopefully I'll get that hoodie too. But yeah, I just want to say Tom Woods drive shafts are badass, man. Woo! Hey, um... Tom Woods custom drive shafts are badass. I have one on my Jeep. It's awesome. And the Jeep Talk Show is also badass. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, how can that last one not be a good winner right there? So, uh, yeah, guys, uh, we, there are T-shirts left, too. So we're extending this giveaway a few days more. Call our voicemail line and say, Tom Woods custom drive shafts are badass. And, well, you might just win as well. Also, don't forget to mention the Jeep Talk Show, the Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts, when you're ordering your drive shaft, and we'll get a Tom Woods hoodie as well. 
I'd like to hear from uh, anybody that uh, does place an order and uh, gets one of those uh, those hoodies. I'd like to uh, maybe we get a picture for our social media with uh, maybe you oh, yeah. with the hoodie on in front of your Jeep and uh, or better yet, your red Jeep. Well, there's <laughs> no accounting for taste. Hey, Tony, Tammy, and Josh. Uh, I was listening to episode 349 where Josh was talking about his ball joint issue with um, the knurling and all that. I had a similar issue on my unit after removing my Ally USA ball joints, doing my WJ knuckle swap. And what I ended up doing to fix my issue was I took a center punch and a hammer, and I basically um, knurled the inside of the, um, the race where the ball joint would go. And by doing that, I raised the surface with um, the punches. And when I did that, I was able to insert my new ball joint and press it in. It was nice and tight. No more issues on that. So if you have a similar situation in the future, you can always take that um, center punch and a hammer and just work your way around as much as you can, raise the surface of that metal, and it should help. And then um, as far as subscriptions go, I don't know why you need to subscribe to anything. If you just download the Jeep Talk Show app like I did, I don't use Stitcher or whatever uh, app to listen to the podcast. I just get it straight from yours. And I'm always up to date on all my podcasts. Anyway, keep up the good work. Appreciate it. Bye. Oh, and don't forget to uh, go into the uh, Jeep Talk Show app. And, and thanks for mentioning that, uh, by the way. Uh, and uh, set it up to download the latest three episodes. And it won't matter if you have cell service, internet service, you'll always have uh, the latest three episodes with you. Well, Tony, a couple things uh, real quick. Uh, any chance if Brian uh, gives us a call back and gives us his personal information or sends us uh, an email with his uh, email uh, with his mailing address, we could send him a sticker? Oh, of course. I think, for, I think for mentioning the app, if nothing else, in his voicemail, he deserves a sticker. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll uh, I'll send him a, a text message because I'll just send text messages when we get the voicemails to the, the folks. Oh, perfect. And since most everybody's on a smartphone anyway, they get the text message, and uh, I'll get his name and their address, and... Uh, we'll get a sticker out to him. Excellent. Well, Brian, I wanted to uh, address your your voicemail personally. Uh, in addition to the thank you, um, that is a very very good tip, and I didn't think about that mainly because you know I've I've got a Lincoln welder in the corner that I just turn to when I get I need to stick something in place. So <laughs> that worked out for me really well. Um, just going ahead and putting a couple of well, it's three uh, little tack welds on there uh, to keep that in place. And if it ever fails or breaks or something like that. It's not going to be that big of an issue to to grind or cut those out and 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 press the ball joint out. Now I did get about an eighth of an inch of press. Now Brian's trick would have probably gotten me a lot more surface area of press. Mm-hmm. However, it's not going to be as much engagement as if the um, the race had never been stretched out to begin with. Uh, for instance, um, what he's talking about doing, taking a center punch or a drift or something like that and basically manipulating the metal inside of that race where the ball joint would be pressing into the knuckle at. And what he's doing then is essentially almost massaging the metal. Imagine, if you will, taking uh, like uh, your thumb on some warm wax and just kind of pressing it, and you're going to make a little bit of a dimple. But around that dimple, the material is actually going to be pushed up mm-hmm. from the surface a little bit, kind of like a crater, if you will. So that um, all of those little craters, you know, uh, doing that center punch all the way around there, probably you know seven hundred thousand times, <laughs> you'll get enough surface area to where you know you'll actually be able to grip on uh, grip on there. Now, I mean, you can do this a number of different ways: a screwdriver, a center punch, a drift, you know, any anything like that. And you're basically just manipulating the metal. It is hard metal, 
uh, it's also going to be using tool steel on your on your tool. It's going to take a lot of elbow grease, but thank you, Brian, for that awesome tip. That will work if you're in a situation where you pressed out some ball joints, they end up being knurled, and the new ball joints have a smooth race, and you don't have, uh, well, you don't have the, um, the, the press fit. You don't have that interference fit with that ball joint and the knuckle keeping it in place. So, uh, Brian, thanks again for the great tip. Really appreciate it. You know, I know nobody ever reads uh, the documentation that comes with uh, parts and stuff. Uh, real men don't do that. You just uh, put it in there, make it fit, damn it. But I wonder if there's a, a warning uh, on these uh, Alloy USA ball, ball joints that say, once you've put this in there, uh, it's uh, you're going to have to continue going with someone like this, or you're going to have to resurface the knuckle or replace the axle. or It just makes me nervous as hell, the whole idea of having to weld something uh, or to to beat the hell out of it uh, to make it uh, to be somewhat comfortable that the part that you're putting in there is going to stay. I, I guess know, it's not going to fall out uh, because the way the, uh, the the knuckle and everything goes on, but it's not going to be. I mean, death wobble is going to be a, a real well, a, a real problem if that thing comes you'll loose. You'll get some drift and stuff like that. But yeah. Now here's something real interesting, Tony. I, I was going to talk about this later in the show during campfireside chat, but this is about as good of a place as any. Uh, to talk about this because it's, well, it's related. Now, I was talking with a, a friend of mine uh, who so, coincidentally also went through the same Alloy USA ball joint issue that I did, at least as far as his failing um, soon sooner than it w- was expected. Uh, and he was talking about getting some replacements, and he ended up getting Spicer uh, ball joints uh, as well for replacements. And so we started comparing notes and everything, and he's like, I, I didn't have that problem. Oh, because the ball joints that he got from Spicer were knurled. Now, here's huh. the, here is where things get kind of interesting. So I'm talking to him, I'm like, really? Well, you know, do you have the box or the bag, you know, whatever they came in, do you have that handy? I want to compare numbers with you. Yeah, let me grab that really quick. And so he's got the boxes in front of him for both sets. And I'm like, all right, you know, read off the number. And he reads off the exact yeah. same number that was on my boxes. And I'm like, all right, so let's start comparing things. And, and we're talking about the, the the numbers that are underneath the UPC, the little barcode that's on there. You know, all of those numbers match up as well. So we're looking at identical boxes, identical model numbers, identical UPCs, and two different sets of ball joints. His weren't his his were knurled, mine were not. Explain that. And I don't I don't know how that works. Now there's one other difference between our two boxes. Mine had a date of manufacture on it. His did not. Mine were taped closed. His were glued closed. So, uh, you know, is it just a manufacturer type of thing? Maybe Spicer used to make them knurled and now they don't anymore or vice versa. And, you know, it's just the way it is as far as when you got them and from where. I don't know how all that works. Maybe somebody out there can fill me in a little bit on that. Uh, But uh, very, very interesting little bit of an issue there. Two different people getting the exact same ball joints, at least, you know, ordering the same model ball joint from two different places and then end up being the same ball joint uh, model number, but actually manufactured differently. So, yeah, very interesting. Now, uh, uh, some of you might uh, be like, well, you know, that's that's Brian's fault over there at Route 16 Off-Road. He's the one who <laughs> sold you those ball joints. And no, 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 that. no. I like that. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not blaming him. I'm just going to say it's his fault. So, but no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, Brian uh, did a great job of, of uh, getting me exactly what I needed. Now, he had no way of knowing whether or not these things were knurled or not knurled in the box. Like I said, on the outside of the box, it's the exact same number 
and two different ball joints with two different people. So um, no way to explain it. Maybe I got to put in a call to Spicer and, and uh, get somebody from them to uh, from their ball joint line and uh, get them to explain it. Well, if you do, uh, please uh, keep us updated. I, I know I personally yeah. would like to know. All right, people, let's bring this meeting to order. We've got a new member with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. I'm Sid, and I've been sober for 42 days. Hi, hi this is Sid. Sid. Do, do you guys know about the Jeep Talk Show? Oh, come Ooh. on. Get down, Sid. Uh, go have a drink. The Jeep Talk Show. <laughs> we don't specialize in that kind of recovery. <laughs> go have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that one. I was going to surprise you with that. <laughs> oh, that's got to be that's got to be three or four years old. That's a good one. I forgot about that one. From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, boys and girls, we're going to talk to Rob or Robin, uh, owner-operator of Uwari OHV Fam. We're going to find out more of what that means. And I'm going to warn you guys, she is not, underline not, a Jeep owner. Ugh, shocking. (laughs) (laughs) She is associated with Route 16 in some way, somehow. I was mentioning before we started the, uh, the interview here that I don't know what Brian does to blackmail people into working for him or working with him, I should say. And uh, but uh, maybe we will even find out about that. Robin, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Now, what is this dual personality? I see in my show notes here that uh, Josh has actually uh, did a little research <laughs> and put it there about the Robin or Rob uh, type thing. And pronounce that last name for me. I didn't even try it. It is Tao. Oh, okay. like cow with a T. Yeah. So tell me about that dual personality. Where, when is it Rob and when is it Robin? It is Rob when I am doing anything associated with four-wheel drive. So back in the day, if I went out on the trail to assist somebody, maybe somebody high-sided on a trail, got stuck, blew a tire, they would call in for help to the Forest Service and they would uh, ask for someone to come out and I would volunteer. So if somebody said, hey, Robin is coming to get you, they would get a little apprehensive as a female coming to rescue the day. But if they said Rob was coming, they would be like, cool, yeah, go ahead. Then, of course, I would show up in my Land Cruiser, get out with my painted nails and pretty little flowy tops and help them extract their vehicles and kind of set them straight. Now, now certainly this isn't a normal thing that we would ask on the show, but uh, how tall are you? I'm five seven. Okay, well that's not too bad. It's looking in the the image that uh, I have here in my show notes. It looks like you might have been uh, closer to the five three range. So at least you have the the, the height going for you when you show up. Uh, <laughs> I I do. I get out there with my curls and my makeup and my pretty colors and. I can wheel with the best of them. It's awesome. Now, I'm thinking that the, the men that you were going out there to, to help get unstuck, and I'm sure you've helped women on the trail as well, but uh, I'm sure the men uh, were more concerned, not so much that a woman was coming out to help them, but, but, but you know, basically how they smelled. Maybe they didn't have Tic Tacs to freshen their breath <laughs> before you got there, and then that was the issue. Do you think that's what it was? Uh, it could have been. Could have been. We'll go with that, right? I did notice that once I got there, suddenly they stood up straight and they started saying yes, ma'am, and no, thank you, and yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
So you mentioned yeah. the other thing that I that I teased in the intro that you don't have a Jeep. Now, why in the world would you do that to yourself? Well, I have great taste. <laughs> do you have any problems with with the the, the Jeep owners uh, uh, getting uh, unstuck by a Toyota? Do they say no, no, I'll, I'll wait for the Jeep to help me. Oh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I have. I don't discriminate. I'm just, you know. My Toyota never sneezes when it sees a Jeep. We'll hook up and help anybody. You know, uh, if I, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, the you have Land Cruisers. Land Cruisers is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So if I'm th- thinking about the right thing, the Land Cruisers are the like the station wagon uh, type uh, vehicles. So not only can you go off road, you can actually go to the grocery store and get a lot of groceries and put in the back of that thing. And I mentioned that not as a dig because I have a, a Jeep Cherokee, which is much the same thing uh, from the standpoint of having that extra cargo space. Uh, it makes a great gro- grocery getter. So it's a multi-purpose vehicle. Go anywhere, uh, no matter how far you have to go up that mountain or, or down that uh, long uh, washed out road, you can get to the grocery store. Absolutely. I can get to the grocery store. I can camp in the back end of it. I can carry gear. I mean, I can do all sorts of things in it. Um, I even bought one for my dog this last December. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Was it very (laughs) difficult to learn them how to drive? (laughs) Well, my daily driver has a a three-inch lift on it, and I've got 35s up underneath it. My dog weighs 200 pounds, and he can't jump. So to get him in the back end to take him anywhere, I had to give him a boost. And lifting 200 pounds into the back end of a lifted truck was not easy. No. So I bought a stock height Land Cruiser that he can just walk up into oh, just for him. Bless his heart. And you know why he's 200 pounds, right? Why? Because you've been feeding him too damn much. <laughs> <laughs> no we did the same thing to our dog here we look at we look at buffy uh, uh rescue from a pound and uh we look at her and go you were so skinny when you got here what what happened she just likes it looks like a sausage now <laughs> oh that's cool that's awesome yeah. that's how it's supposed to be it, it really is uh but uh, we're not buying her a new car uh, a new vehicle so that she can ride around in. She's uh, she's pretty good uh, about, uh, she's funny. Anytime somebody's gone, if you open the door and let her out, she wants to run out there and jump in one of the Jeeps. And she doesn't know the difference between too high. I mean, she just gives it her, her all and scratches and claws up into the, into the vehicle. So it's great. She wants to go. When my dog was a puppy, he was fascinated with our trucks. We have multiple Land Cruisers. Um, at one point, we had one of every series of every decade, and we would have them lined up along the fence line. And as a pup, he was fascinated with them, and he would run out the door and go straight to the trucks and just check them all out. So his name is Cruiser. Oh, but, well, um, it would have to be, wouldn't it, with all those Toyotas? Uh, so uh, what yeah. caused you to get rid of some of them? Right yeah. now, I've, we've got uh, three of our vehicles are in Arizona, and then we've got seven here in north carolina so we kind of split the fleet the fleet up a little bit but we still have a a good number of them man that's just amazing i don't think i've ever met anyone that bought their dog an off-road vehicle and sends three of the vehicles on vacation in arizona so i I guess it goes out there and gets the the (laughs) dry i go out to air my husband is a hot shot um he's a wildland Ah. firefighter and he is based out of arizona so we store vehicles there but 
secretly the reason our land cruisers are out there is so that we can take time off and go to Moab three or four times a year and, and do some good wheeling. You know, that's that's a really good idea. You station the vehicles around the country and uh, go to the uh, the places that are their closest to. I like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got a trip planned coming up for the end of October. Hell's Revenge in Moab is one of my favorite trails, and I just I can't wait. Oh man, I, I've never been there, but uh, Tammy has. But uh, Josh and I are uh, still itching to go. Now let's uh, let's switch gears and uh, get you to talking about this Yorori OHV Fam. Uh, I had no idea what that was, and I think Tammy actually was the one that kind of brought me up to date a little bit on uh, what you guys do there. It's changed quite a bit. In the beginning, it was just um, a little thing that I started. Um, I had a friend who got stuck on a trail on the Uwari trail system. Um, he was actually blew a tie rod um, on Daniel on the second ledge. And he gave me a call one day and said, you know, I'm stuck. Are you in the area? Because we were volunteering out there all the time. And um, I was at, unfortunately, I was out of state. So I made a call to a friend who usually would be on the trail system. He wasn't there, but he made a call to a friend who made a call to a friend who went and rescued my friend who was stuck. So I started thinking about this little chain of events and how one person helped the other. And I put an idea out there, kind of a pay it forward system. And we started as a little group of people who would just go and help each other out whenever something happened. And um, it's a pay it forward system. So the way it works is whenever somebody contacts me and says, I need help, one of my people will volunteer and go and help that person. That person turns around and helps the next person when there's someone in need. So he, that's how he repays what he's gained. And it's kind of a pay-it-forward movement. It started out with maybe 10 or 15 people. I now have 126,000 people in 17 states. Wow. How do you coordinate all that? Um, I have multiple um, different mechanisms. We've got social media pages. I've got a huge database. But what they do is when someone breaks down, for instance, um, someone contacted me a couple months ago. There was a young lady in Florida who actually was stuck on the beach in her car in the middle of the night. Um, She just didn't get it out before a tide came in. Mm -hmm. And I made calls to people in my database who were in the state of Florida who contacted Florida SOS. And within like an hour and 15 minutes, we had somebody there helping her. Um, So it's, uh, it's interesting to watch it play out. But in my database, I've got people by name, by state, and then by county. And then I just send out social media pulses and um, things via email and text, and then they take it from there in their given areas. So this is kind of like the Uber of vehicle recovery, uh, it sounds like to me. Very similar. The only thing is there's no money ever exchanged. So I'm thinking that uh, there are businesses, taxis, and uh, record drivers and stuff that uh, probably have a, a hitman looking for you. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we ran into, we headbutted with a few little recovery agencies. They misinterpreted our intentions and we got that all straight. So 
And I duck when I see certain people. <laughs> what? What? Uh, does, tell me. <laughs> tell me a little bit more about that misunderstanding. What was it? Uh, what problems were they having with it? I mean, obviously they're losing money if uh, you show out there, uh, show up, uh, or have somebody show up out there to uh, recover a vehicle uh, where they would normally get, you know, two three hundred dollars to uh, get somebody unstuck. Um, I mean, well, actually, how was it a misunderstanding? I would think that you know they're losing money, so they're they're understanding that pretty well. Well, it actually was not with a paid um, company. Um, there are several responders out there that actually go out on OHV trail systems or in emergency situations and help other people out for donations. Ah. And they thought that we were trying to um, maybe overshadow what they were doing or take their purpose away from them and really... We were about helping anyone anywhere, whether you're in a car, you're in Florida or Texas or Tennessee. We weren't specific to just the four-wheel drive trails. So the people that were very upset were pretty much those that just did trail extractions. Gotcha. So uh, when, you, when you say for donations, they would literally ask for donations for the help they, they were providing? Yes. See, I, that does kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, I'm also in... And uh, my rule is... My rule is no money ever gets exchanged. Yeah. Uh, I'm also an amateur radio operator, and uh, there's uh, kind of been a, uh, a thing going on where uh, you, you're required to join a club if you want to use uh, this uh, uh, repeater uh, network. And I, I just have mm-hmm. a, a problem with that because that's anti-amateur mm-hmm. radio. Anytime there's money involved in it, it's it's not amateur. It's professional. And I understand that there's costs involved, and I just choose not to use those radio networks because, uh, you know, not uh, I am cheap, but not because I'm cheap. I just th- feel it's anti-amateur. And, and this kind of seems to me to be the same thing. It's just you're going out there to help somebody. You're It's not a business. You just want to help somebody out and, and get them on their way. So um, Absolutely. For me, it's a, it's a community support. It's a community service. You're helping someone else. You're lending a hand. Money, whenever that gets added into the mix, it just taints the whole purpose for the organization. Well, of course. Yeah, and uh, you, you don't know if uh, you know people are trying to make a living at it, and then uh, some other things can get involved, and it can get ugly really fast. So if somebody needed Absolutely. to get somebody needed to get a uh, to get to get a hand, oh, I guess really what I should ask first is what what type of things do you help with? I mean, you know, AAA brings gas; they'll change your flat. They do all these these type <laughs> things. Is there a a, a limited uh, a list of the items that you guys services that you provide? No, it is just what that person can do in that area. So maybe somebody has a flat tire. We may go out and change it. We may actually tow the vehicle to a safe location. Um, Recently, we actually brought a spare tire to someone who was on an OHV trail who popped a bead. But that person ended up, you know, replacing the spare and everything got worked out once we got them to safety. So it just really depends on what they need. They may have um, an incident on a four-wheel drive trail trail where they um, puncture a diff cover or they may break a steering arm or whatever it is. And we try to get them back off the system home and safely to wherever it it is they need to go. Um, We had a young lady not long ago as a mother with three people, three young kids in her vehicle radiator overheated in the middle of nowhere and she just panicked she didn't know what she was going to do she didn't have AAA, so we had volunteers go out and um, literally get her 
to her home, and then the next day we had a volunteer go out who was a mechanic to help advise her and get her what she needed to make the repairs. She didn't have the money to actually take care of the repairs, and out of nowhere, somebody volunteered and covered all her costs. My goodness, Um, what a sweet deal. I mean, that's amazing. You have to be very proud of what you've started here. uh, That was phenomenal. She was so overwhelmed that uh, she ended up going to one of her community centers, and she began a little volunteer program of her own. Um, And that community impact is what I'm looking for. Um, We also do a little bit more than just recoveries and and help for people. Um, We do a lot of community functions and events where we raise money for maybe fire departments or members who are financially in trouble or um, somebody with medical problems that needs just a little bit of help to get meals. We try to make an impact in the community in different areas, and we encourage our clubs to do that as well. I will pretty much sponsor or assist any club out there that wants to do a community service type project. I may find sponsors to provide incentives to give away or help with the eventing or the promotion, but anything that involves community impact. Wow, that's just amazing. I'm thinking that uh, you're either just a genuinely uh, nice giving person or you're trying to make up some for some really bad things you did in your uh, <laughs> your younger years. <laughs> and you don't have to answer that. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying it to trap you. <laughs> I'm not trying to tra- me both. Try, not trying to trap you into anything I, here, but it's just like, I mean, it, just wow. I mean, to, to give your time like that. And I'm sure that even when other people are involved in going out and helping, uh, it, it sounds like you're still very much involved in what's going on. So this has taken up a lot of your personal time. I say that I'm happy when I'm helping someone else. That's kind of my happy spot. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that I broke a nun's nose when I was seven, so maybe this is atonement. Ah, <laughs> my goodness. That's uh, that cool. <laughs> you were rough. <laughs> <laughs> she hit me with a roller. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was a reflex action, so I'm paying for that. <laughs> well, I'm glad there's no money involved because I could just say, hey, mister, nice jeepy guy here to be a sad if something happened to it um so uh the uh and it, it just oh i remember i was going to ask you how do people uh contact your uh your group your service that when they have a problem is it only off-road stuff that they should contact you about or is it does it uh, you said this lady was broken down in the middle of nowhere i would assume that that probably meant just a, a regular public road it's any vehicle failure is the way i describe it or any other sort of need so um, if it's vehicle related, they can message me on, we have a UFAM we- um, website, we have a Facebook page, um, I'm on Messenger, um, there's so many different mechanisms to actually call in or text or even they can go on my um, UOHV FAM Facebook page and just post a note and that comes right to me. But it's vehicle failures, it can be Um, If somebody knows someone that has a special need, um, like I have a a woman who contacted me about three weeks ago asking for help getting school supplies for some foster children. Um, Any requests like that, if I can connect them with someone, and I have a lot of resources across the United States. So if I can get someone connected, I will do my best. And if not, I will find someone who can help the person who's asking for help. 
Now, I'm not going to ask names here, but surely you have situations where people uh, abuse your system. Uh, how do you handle that? <laughs> oh, I've gotten pretty good at that. Um, so my rule is whenever I do a favor, whenever I help you with an event, you owe me a favor. And I can collect that favor at any time. Ooh, this and is like the mafia. That favor, <laughs> it is. Um, you, you wanted to know about Route 16, and I'll have to tell you about that in just a moment. All right. But um, if he owes me a favor. Um, <laughs> oh, Brian, you poor bastard. Yeah. There you go. But sometimes the favor is for, ju- for them to just shut up and go away. Ah. And I know that sounds harsh. There are people out there that I've actually done nice things for, and I've asked them just to go away. Um, and I've got one or two people that are constantly berating me on social media because I won't help them because they've done things to make me look less than positive in the public eye. And for no good reason other than that, they just don't like the fact that I can reach out to impact other people. So mm-hmm. sometimes the favor is just, hey, go away, leave me alone. So if you're obnoxious enough, you can get free help. <laughs> you can get free help one time, and then the favor is go. <laughs> but yeah. ideally, well, I people. have people that I've assisted that I just I don't care for, but I do it yeah. anyway because it just well, it's, it's the right thing to it's do. Me. Yeah, and there's there's certain, yeah there's a certain level of maturity you have to have in in this because you're dealing with people. And uh, dealing with people's hard. Um, it can be very gratifying, but, but there are those situations that are, uh, especially those folks that are not really grateful for all the wonderful things that you're doing for them for free. Uh, those are the ones that are the hardest ones, yeah. I, would, I would think. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, are, it's wonderful. But I've, I've met so many of them now that I can recognize them before they even really identify themselves and... Mm-hmm. I don't really spend much of my energy on them. I prefer to spend my energy on people who want to receive the help and then want to turn around and help somebody else in exchange for it. And that's what I'm looking for is that positive impact on others. And I also do a lot of promoting for our environment, our natural resources. So I'm looking for people to help spread things like tread lightly or stay the trail principles and apply it to every day, not just when they're on the OHV trail system. Mm -hmm. So, and, and and I do a lot of that as well, and I, it's always positive promotion. Well, speaking of positives, I I'm very impressed that uh, with all of this that you're, you're that you've done, you've got 126 thousand people that owe you favors, and and, and the positive <laughs> thing and a positive thing about that is is that it sounds like the vast majority of the people want to help other people, and and that's the big positive out of this is that you you it's not hasn't been difficult. To, to gather this huge positive force. It's just a wonderful thing. I mean, congratulations. It's really, really a great feather in your cap. Oh, thank you. It is awesome. Um, I can put a pulse out there. Say if I choose an area like Concord, I can put a plea out and say, hey, I've got someone in Concord that needs assistance. And I've got people who will respond within five minutes. And in 10 minutes, they're rolling and they're going towards that person. Um, people if I may mention a couple of people. Sure. I have a, a gentleman that owns an off-road um, shop in Concord. It's Carolina Chaos Off-Road. His name is Mark Colbert. I'm sorry, owns so a what? You kind of dropped out. A four-wheel drive um, off-road shop. Okay. It's called Carolina Chaos. 
And if they are, say, stuck on a trail or the vehicle is broken down somewhere and they need a hand and they're within driving distance of him, he will close his shop, jump in his truck, and go and give them a hand within 10 or 15 minutes. Mark is amazing. Wonderful. That is just um, amazing. I've got people here in the Fayetteville area. Pat Bird, you know, one of the leaders of Nomad Jeep Club, I can call Pat up and his group will scramble and they will go assist people just very, very quickly. So I'm surrounded by all these people that are just willing to drop their lives to help other people. And it's just, it's amazing to watch. Now, uh, talking about dro dropping what they're doing and helping people, I have uh, found that uh, Brian over at Route 16 is very much like that. And I suspect that's mm -hmm. uh, part of the reason why you're involved with Route 16. <laughs> Absolutely. So Route 16 is a, it's a, it's a unique little business there. Um, Brian, of course, is a military veteran, um, a former, well, I can't say former. I'm going to say a recon Marine forever because <laughs> I get right. in trouble. That's, that's exactly um, right. Not currently killing <laughs> anybody is, is the way you should say it. <laughs> there you are. There you are. He's, he's not hurting anyone. Actually, he's helping people. That's right. <laughs> um, his business is unique in that it provides a service to customers by, you know, being the place for you to go for parts and accessories for your vehicle. But he also likes to go out into the community, make an impact, and he wants to help other people. And his mentality is very much the same as mine. He's family-oriented, and if he can do something that helps someone and makes them feel good about themselves, he jumps right in. So um, I have recently joined the Route 16 team. It's been about six months now, and I've been brought on as their director of promotions. So I am creating a brand ambassador program. I'm looking for two people in every state, and they're going to represent Route 16, the brand, and just talk about it. But they're also going to help us connect um, people across the United States in the four-wheel drive community. So they say, maybe, Tony, you are going to Tennessee for a weekend. You can actually hit me up or talk to Brian and say, hey, I want to talk to somebody in Tennessee and find out where some fantastic places are to go and see or wheel or maybe meet someone when you get there, have like a little guide some experience and we can get you connected with a four-wheel drive person in that state so we're trying to do this program and make it kind of like a, maybe like a i say we're going to take over the world but it's really the united states we're just going to connect every state to somebody that can specialize and help them and guide them when they get there yeah well you know if they start happen to buy stuff from us on the way that's fine if not it's all about getting people out there to enjoy our natural resources. Yeah. Well, I mean, start small. Uh, don't go to the world to start with. Just start with the United States. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started looking for just the U.S. And I had um, actually, I was very surprised. Within my second week when I started advertising for it, I had someone from Colombia, um, Guam, Germany, and England actually hit me up and asked me about being an ambassador. I never saw that coming. Amazing. Uh, I don't know how much of this information you, you guys give out, but I'm, I'm just kind of uh, curious about what the ambassador program means. What is that other than uh, what you've already talked about as far as, uh, you know, getting more information in, in those states? Well, it's really um, an ambassador is kind of like a champion. They go out and they enjoy the communities. They, they engage with the four-wheel drive clubs and events around the United States. 
They may just talk about Route 16 when they're there, but their job really is to promote our resources, promote enjoying the great outdoors, and promote Route 16 while doing it. Gotcha. Wow, that's just amazing. There's no pay for being an ambassador. It does come with perks. I owe you a favor. Um, when you become <laughs> an ambassador, and that could be a very big thing, by the way. Um, you know, we do sometimes we're able to give incentive gifts. We give them discounts on parts and accessories for their vehicles. Um, sometimes we may send them to special events like cheap invasion on our behalf. So there's fun things along the way that go with it, but they do a lot of work for us as well. They're, they're doing a lot of social media posting. They're really promoting the brand, and they're having a lot of fun when they're doing it, too. So I'm thinking there's no mopping or licking of envelopes or stamps involved in, <laughs> in one of these, some of these favors. No, you're going to have to put a sticker on your vehicle that says, I love Toyotas. But you know, other than that, <laughs> it's nothing bad. Oh, that would be a fate worse than hell for some people. Um, so. <laughs> you know, I had a friend once about a year ago. Someone gave me this chrome license plate that said Land Cruiser across the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Of course, I know what kind of vehicle I drive, so I didn't need it. But um, I was at a, an event that I put on, actually in URI. It was in November. I did an educational event. I was sponsored by Polaris. And um, we had a bunch of people there. And I had a friend actually put this license plate on the back end of this guy's TJ. <laughs> and he rode around with it for three months before he noticed it. Now, you know Tammy. I, I believe you've met her out there at your worry. Um, yeah. Nikki G., one of our uh, contributors, uh, met her out at, uh, I think it was one of the uh, the events that uh, Route 16 was at. Uh, anyway, he had a magnetic uh, sticker that he actually put on her black Jeep having to do with, uh, <laughs> I'd rather, I'd be, rather be driving red a red Jeep or something like that. I forget exactly what, but it, mm -hmm. was, it was hilarious. She drove around with it. Uh, I think they had, actually had to point it out to her, and then she just got really you know, all eye rolly about it. And it was, uh, it was very funny. She uh, shared that on social oh, media. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So yeah, she was out with Carolina trails when they did that. Um, I had met them for dinner at the end of it. I didn't get to go wheeling with them, but yeah, I did see it. Yeah. It I was, thought that was awesome. It was very funny. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, one of the things we like to do is uh, let the kids know, you know, how the kids are about the social media. I like, I like to let the kids know where they can find out more uh, about you, uh, Route 16. So give us, give us a blast of all the social media stuff you got. Sure. Um, for us, they can go on either Facebook or Instagram, or they can just Google um, U-O-H-V-F-A-M, that's U-F-A-M, um, they can like the pages or shoot us a message to be in our database if they want to volunteer for the pay it forward service. Um, I also host a lot of events with different pool wheel drive clubs. So I'm always posting events on that page and it's a great place for you to find something going on in pretty much any state. Um, they can look us up at uh, route16.blog and also route16 is on Instagram. Um, and for all of you guys listening out there right now, if you go onto the Route16.blog page and place an order and put in the code RT16, that'll give you 10% off your order. And that is just something I'm doing tonight. I'm going to have to call Brian and let him know. So <laughs> I have to ask for forgiveness. I may owe him a favor after this. Hey, but, hey uh, Brian, remember that favor that, I, <laughs> that you owe me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be in trouble. 
But um, yes, it's route16.blog and U-O-H-V fam. All right. And that's R as in Romeo, T as in Tango, 16 uh, for the 10% off discount at uh, the route16.blog uh, site. So uh, gee whiz, uh, Rob, I'm, you know, I, I hate calling you Rob with all this good stuff that you're doing. I no. think I should call you Robin. That's uh, such a <laughs> that's such a nicer name. <laughs> People out there with name Rob are going, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> when I'm telling you what to do, I'm Rob, but when I'm nice, I'm Robin. Oh, I bet you that's... So I get to have that dual personality. Yeah, I bet you that's still fun, even whenever you're telling uh, uh, telling somebody what to do. Uh, there's a big smile, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people that are shaking their heads right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's been it's been fun having you on here tonight, so I can't imagine you being uh, uh, unpleasant at any time. I'm, I'm sure that you have your moments like the rest of us do, but... Uh, what a delight. What a wonderful uh, lady. And uh, it's great that you got all this stuff started. It's just uh, fabulous. And I had no idea uh, of all this wonderful stuff going on. There is a group here in Houston uh, that they do something similar. Uh, it's, uh, you know, if you get stuck, they'll somebody goes out. And uh, it just amazes me how people are just so willing to help. They'll, they'll post something up on uh, mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, somebody will post something on Facebook. They'll tell them to stick a pen. Basically, where are you? And as soon as they do, you see yeah. all these uh, all these comments about with people's names that are in that area, so that they'll see their post and know where to go to help them. And it's f- just phenomenal. Love it. It's just amazing. It's, I mean, you you feel so alone when you're broken down out there. It's the best feeling in the world when you go and you help someone who feels like they're stranded, and all of a sudden they're just. It's it's awesome. I mean, and that's the payback for me is that feeling. And I love seeing these groups pop up in different states that are taking the same idea and they're rolling with it. I just feel like in the world today, there's not enough people that are really promoting, just helping each other for no reason. They need There needs to be more of us. Um, the good needs to start outweighing some of the bad and... I encourage people to do it, and I will help people get started. I'll help them get sponsorship. Um, anything that I can do to help a club or a group help other people, I will do it. That's just and amazing. It's just, like I said, best feeling in the world, and I love seeing these groups like the one you were just describing popping up. I'd love to see more of them. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a great thing uh, to hear there's a lot of this stuff going on, especially multi-state, because I, I only found out about the, the Houston thing recently. So uh, it's great to hear mm-hmm. that this is going and uh, potentially nationwide. Well, Robin, thank you so much for being with us here tonight. I'm sorry I kept you so long, but such an interesting interview, and I wanted to make sure we got all that information out so everybody could uh, uh, either get help or be a part of it to uh, give help to other folks, which is uh, really the most important thing, helping each other out. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for inviting me on. Thank you so much for uh, okay. being here on here tonight. And we'll have to get you back because obviously we got more stuff we need to talk about. Absolutely. Sounds great. And thanks again for inviting me. Thank you. Hey, thanks again to Robin Rob Tao for taking the time to talk about Uwari OHV fam and, well, what she's doing for some, well, doing for the Jeep community and off roaders in general. Hey, do you guys have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off road industry or maybe know somebody who does? Maybe you would like to be on a uh, be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Well, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. It very well could be you. 
Hey, and next week we'll be talking to Ryan Ward, but you may know him better as Dr. Moab. You know, it's funny how the people that you meet using social media, I remember Dr. Moab from my uh, Naxja days being on there and posting and uh, getting answers. And I like to think that he was one of the folks that helped me, but uh, I don't know that that was necessarily the case. <laughs> I'd like to think that he might be one of the best photographers on the website. Now, the guy's seriously got some amazing uh, photo albums uh, that he's got posted up online. If you want to check out some of his pictures ahead of time, go check it out. From the mind of Nikki G. fixing my jeep and when i'm not fixing my jeep i'm putting gas in my jeep <laughs> and when i'm not doing that i like to go to ikea and other furniture stores and i uh, find a wardrobe and i uh, just sit inside maybe have a snack oh god he's inside one now wardrobe, yeah <laughs> i like to step out and welcome them to narnia can you guess how many retail stores nikki g is now banned from <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat to you later. You have a good one. Bye. <laughs> he was in a wardrobe. Yeah. He was in one. I, that, you could tell. Yeah. He was inside. He was in some random. <laughs> you know, I've heard from Wendy that once he's playing a character, he stays in character for the the entire shoot. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Actually, Nikki G may be a character that he's playing uh, for all these years. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Nate, and this message is for Nikki G, after his comments on episode 347. Um, I don't want to speak for my alter ego directly, because I don't know if that'll cause some sort of an aneurysm or something, but there has been a silver Tacoma parked in front of my house for God knows how long that I can't explain. So, maybe you're onto something. <laughs> Toyota? Really? Nikki G? I don't think so. <laughs> maybe one of the other personalities is Toyota personality. Mm. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Now, Tony, I know that you haven't uh, necessarily broken down on the trail a whole lot, but you uh, you did have a little bit of an instance here on a, on a recent wheeling trip where you kind of had to make some impromptu... Um, well, you had to play mechanic sort of uh, last minute, get to get a thermostat replaced, I think. Is that right? Actually, I just had to get out of the way and let uh, Sean uh, fix it for oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was calling my wife on the cell phone, you know, where's the water so we can put in this thing? I think we fixed it. And Sean's, vidden, 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 and he's done. <laughs> done. <laughs> well, something that might have helped out you or him in that instance was uh, th- this week's uh, must-have stuff pick of the week for your Jeep. Now, this is a cool little item because it kind of sort of combines two separate tools in one, a fender mat and a magnetic tool holder. Now, this thing is called the Lotusol Flexible Magnetic Tool Holder, and it's just $37, $36.99, and free shipping on Amazon.com. Um, it's made in the USA, which is really cool, and it comes with a lifetime mag- manufacturer replacement warranty, also very cool. Uh, it's, it's flexible design, so it sticks and conforms to pretty much anything that's metal. Uh, well, ferrous, magnetic, in other words. Uh, aluminum, probably not going to work out for you so well. <laughs> uh, but it's going to you know, stick to things like fenders and roll bars, bumpers, rock rails, even the underbody for that matter. Keeping tools, bolts, screws, and nuts all in close reach. Multiple magnets embedded in a soft water and oil-proof material magnetize the entire surface for convenient hardware and tool organization. Very thin construction fits inside tool chest drawers or rolls up 
for easy storage and so you can organize your tools exactly how you want to. Uh, the thing that I love about it best is it's guaranteed to reduce swearing caused by misplaced or dropped tools and hardware. And we all don't need to put any extra money in the swear jar, right? So for $36.7, you can get one of these things. And uh, hey, they got enough square, square inches, square footage on these things to where they can hold a serious amount of tools and or hardware. So you're out on the trail. You kind of just hang one of these things from the rock rail while you're out there, you know, repairing a U-joint or something like that. No more losing tools or chasing a socket down the trail as it goes rolling down the rocks. Keep everything all in one spot. I'm going to put this one as a must-have item for anybody's Jeep. Uh, get this one into your toolkit ASAP. So I, I seem to remember this, uh, something similar to this back a few years ago for uh, computer floppies and uh, credit cards. No. Uh, little patches. <laughs> <laughs> little pockets that you could just you know drop just them in. roll your entire wallet up in this giant super <laughs> magnet what's the worst that could happen <laughs> so the point being uh guys i'm making light of, uh, of the situation but it is magnetic and if you guys don't realize the little strip on the back of your uh, debit card if you, even if you've got the new chip cards it still has a magnetic strip on it mm-hmm. so you get that that thing too close to this thing or go hey what a handy way to, to hang my my credit card right here uh, it, it will erase the uh, information off that magnetic strip, uh, and uh, and of course your floppies. <laughs> now the the image that I'm sharing with uh, with the host in our in our own personal show notes here as we do the show is a picture of one of these things uh, hanging off the edge of a fender, more or less, and it's got a pair of pliers, mm-hmm. a screwdriver, a couple of wrenches, two hose clamps, a collection of nuts and bolts, a socket wrench, and a few sockets, all hanging vertically off of this one mat and it and so that gives you a kind of an indication of just how strong these magnets are these aren't fridge magnets inside of a rubber mat guys this is something way more serious than that so go check it out if you want to uh well now that you guys must have one of these things just like us um well we're gonna make it easier for you just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 350 you can get one for yourself Hey, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear about a little something, a little something, something about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling, where. Now, Tony, uh, over the last what, a couple few episodes or so, we've kind of hinted here and there about uh, this Jeep Action Magazine uh, giveaway that we've been doing, a year-long subscription to what it has to be probably one of the most attractive Jeep Action Magazines out there, uh, just chock full of just some of the most amazing pictures of Jeeps and off-roading that you've ever seen. You know, uh, yeah, we, we definitely did. We're doing a giveaway here. And uh, we, uh, if, you guys, if you guys remember, we had uh, Ben Davidson on, the uh, chief editor of uh, Jeep Action Magazine, and he was kind enough to uh, give us uh, not, not one uh, subscription for the Jeep Action Magazine, but uh, 12. So we're giving away, uh, well, I say 12, it's actually going to be 24 because it's two per month. And if you've been keeping up, this is the first Jeep Action mag- magazine. Uh, I keep fumbling over mag. I want to call it mag. Jeep Action magazine giveaway that we're doing this month. So there'll be another one coming up. And uh, we chose to do something a little different this time in determining the winner. Uh, we uh, we put up, uh, I forget, it was 347 or 348 that we asked you guys to go over to our Facebook page, Jeep Talk Show, uh, and uh, post up a picture of your rig. And the person that had the most uh, comments and likes was going to be the winner. So we've we've been running this for a couple of weeks. We had uh, I think we had seventeen people uh, post their their rigs, and of course it's it's never hard to get somebody to post a picture of their Jeep. 
<laughs> so, uh, but we do have a winner, and it is a red Jeep, at least because uh, I, I know this individual has more than one Jeep. But uh, he posted I'm the... I'm calling uh, Photoshop. <laughs> that, post- that is clearly Photoshop. That is a green Jeep that has been transformed into a red Jeep. I, I'm, that's my story. Well, you know, there's, some, there's some Photoshop. It looks like it went there because the background is all uh, black and white-ish looking, and the uh, the Jeep is uh, very red. Uh, but this uh, this is going to go to Jonathan Blackwell. You know him from uh, Radio Comtech segment, uh, which I, I think he hasn't done in three years, but uh, but I'm not complaining. Um, and, uh, he had, uh, let was here. He had, uh, the, the image, of course, he had 12 likes and three comments. So that, the, that was a clear winner. Uh, we, uh, we had, uh, one other person that was uh, kind of close, but they only had five likes and, uh, I think two comments. So, uh, you know, we're going to be giving away another one of these things really, really soon. So, uh, Jonathan, congratulations. And I want to tell you, I, I bought a subscription to this magazine and I received my first uh, issue uh, last week. It is gorgeous. It is it, well made. I mean, like the, the the it's not just magazine paper, guys. Uh-uh. It's like cardstock on. Yeah, it's just amazing. It feels like you're turning two or three pages at a time. You got to kind of yeah. you know do that thing and you squint your your thumb and your forefinger together. And go, ah, no, I'm missing a page here. Nope. And the pictures are just outstanding. You know how if you're printing uh, color printers on uh, color pictures on paper that uh, you can tell by the how good the picture looks because you're using that high quality paper. Mm. Well, same thing here it is just the, the images really, uh, really stand out. And in the, uh, September, uh, October issue that I received, uh, cause I, that's when my, uh, my subscription starts, uh, Dan Greck, uh, on his trip, uh, around yeah. uh, going around Africa, there's a nice article in there with lots of Dan Greck pictures, who is also somebody that takes great pictures. Yeah, a lot of great photographers in that. So if you guys want to get your hands on that, well, you're going to have to stay tuned to the Jeep Talk Show, and we're going to list how you guys can get in on the next giveaway of the next subscription of Jeep Action Magazine. Yep, mid-month. So we'll be giving uh, starting something up here really, really soon. So, Josh, you've uh, you've been to the zoo, and apparently the seals pissed you off. <laughs> no it's not what, those was it seals. was it their fishy breath is that what it was or those it's whiskers all, <laughs> <laughs> no man it's uh, so over the weekend um putting putting back together the front end uh, as you guys uh, may have gathered at the top of the show my honda is missing once again yes uh it was stolen tuesday night uh, i came out to go to work at wednesday morning and no honda uh, once again, been stolen. Everybody seems to think it is the either A, uh, the same couple of people uh, that keep borrowing it, uh, and I'm using that term loosely here. Uh, as another person came up with a very interesting theory that my car is uh, is on the dark web uh, and is in some sort of a list of easy cars to get oh, into and yeah. to steal, and it's just you know you you pay for this list of easy cars and if you're you know you're in that zip code here's where you go to go steal an easy car um so I, the last couple times it's been stolen uh it seems to be joyride type of scenario um the car was found in not really all that worse of shape um, than it was before um just you know not all that far from the house you know that sort of stuff so yeah, uh, cops came in record time this time uh, to take the report, and uh, it's almost funny at this time because uh, he's like, you know, you call the cops, and I was just like, yeah, and he said, your, your car got stolen. I was like, yep, last night again, 
and, he, and as he's walking up the driveway and he's just like, yeah, I, I noticed as, uh, as I was pulling up the information, it's been a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, ass. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a few, five to be exact. Uh, but, uh, do they ever actually, uh, suggest you not leaving the keys in the condition or uh, no, anything? They, they're all, it's all, it's all <laughs> black and white, man. It, it's all very cut and dry. They've got a series of questions they yeah. have to ask, you know, their, their paperwork at the end of the day, you know, it's all forms and, and fill in the line and check the box. And so, you know, they need to get all that information. So he's basically just asking me the same questions that I'm used to answering every time my car gets stolen. Uh, and it, it's, you know, it's like, did anybody have permission to drive it? Did, did anybody else have the keys? You know, it, that anybody else have access to it? You know, these sort of things, anything of value in it, you know, what the distinguishing marks, you know, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, no fun. Um, called ahead, you know, calling to work again. Uh, it's like, and, and I'm, oh God, the amount of crap that I got today going into work. <laughs> wait, so a minute, you're, you're, wait a minute. Your, your mother, your grandmother has died for the third time now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should start. I honestly, I should start coming up with just very unique and outlandish excuses. <laughs> Something that's you know, not a meteor. Meteor just came out of the sky, ran in the backyard. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> no. So uh, uh, I come in this morning, and uh, there's a giant printed out uh, version of the movie poster for Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> right on top of my monitors. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, thanks guys what was thanks. the tattoos one this dude and the other one sweet i think yeah <laughs> what's mine say <laughs> yeah no that was, <laughs> that was good times this morning rolling back into work so uh but no i was it was a mad dash uh the last 24 hours to finish up the front end rebuild um i was uh doing the ball finishing up the ball joints and as you guys heard the last couple episodes kind of ran into a little bit of an issue with the uh, difference in ball joints one being knurled and one's not um so you know that got that issue got resolved Funny thing, Tony, passenger side, no issues whatsoever. Fully pressed um, in the uh, the ball joint, not in it, not a problem at all. So, um, yeah, I was really worried that I was going to have to weld in that upper ball joint on the passenger side. Didn't have to. It pressed in nice and good. So, um, yeah, kind of confused that there too. Strange. But uh, I wonder uh, if it was wobbling anyways. and it wobbled out. I mean, it could could you know, been the hole. I, I thought the passenger side was in worse shape than the driver's side. Um, Maybe I was wrong. I I don't remember checking both sides. I was just like, I'm going to replace them all. Screw yeah, it. you're not going to just replace one side. That's yeah. for sure. Well, <laughs> when you get your 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 back and forth vehicle to work, it, maybe you do just want to go one side and see what happens the next day. <laughs> you know, so just so I, you can be ready. I had a very small little uh, uh, axle seal leak um, that was so I was getting a little bit of diff fluid that was coming through the tubes and um, that, that really I mean it wasn't that big of a leak it, you know you just kind of get the knuckle a little bit wet um, over you know after like a month or so you know it really wasn't that big of an issue but I was like all right uh, while I'm in there I've got the axle shafts and everything out anyways I might as well go ahead pull the diff and replace those seals. Not that big of a deal. I've got everything apart anyways. Sort of, again, one of those things while you're in there. Uh, so, you know, I, I had the seals on hand. Um, and I was like, okay, I've done this before. You know, I know the tricks and all that sort of stuff. And, and went through the process and, and got them in and everything like that. Um, putting the axle shafts, uh, got, got the diff back in. Uh, everything all buttoned up. Got the, putting the axle shafts back in. And the driver's side, the short side, oddly enough, I was I couldn't get it quite lined up right. I'm kind of in and out and twisting it. I'm like, you dumb SOB. You know, <laughs> you know, I had everything all, you know, lubed up really good, but I was like, oh man, I bet I just nicked that seal edge. 
I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just, I, I'm, I'm flailing to get stuff done. I've got to go to work the next morning. I'm running out of time. I didn't have a means to get to the parts store and back. You know, I'm calling in favors and whatnot. It's just like, ah, I was frustrated. And, and so I'm, I'm not paying attention to detail as much as I should have. And, um, and so I was like, well, it's probably not that bad. It doesn't seem to be leaking now. All right, I'm just going to, you know, move on, push through, soldier through. Let's get on to the next thing and, and be done with it. So I finished up the whole job. I go out into the garage uh, this morning to, to leave for work, and lo and behold, there's about a foot-wide puddle of diff fluid uh, sitting on my tire. Jeez. So I was like, ah, jeez. All of that work, all of that work to pull everything out to get to those seals, and I got to do the job all over again. So I'm not thrilled about that. Um, I, I have some theories that it might be something else, but I'm pretty sure I just I nicked the seal when I was trying to get the shaft in with the, with the splines, and it's just right there, trying to maneuver things into the right spot, and and it just kind of yeah. So that that that's what I think what happened. Um, I'm not gonna really deal with it today or, or tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm gonna save it for the weekend. <clears throat> I'm just gonna push through. Uh, I, I've got keeping an eye on the diff fluid. Got some with me. It's not that bad of a leak to where oh my god, I can't drive it. I'm gonna wreck or something like that. Um, but right now, it's my only means of uh, transportation, so you, know, you got to do what you got to do. So what's the average time for the uh, the Honda to reappear? About a week. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Five days, five days to a week. So uh, it'll be interesting, uh, number one, that you if you get it back, which we've all become accustomed to that you, that you do get it back, and it will be interesting to see uh, what's been done to it this time. Uh, oh no! It, it's always an adventure. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and, and getting it back, it's always uh, you know curious to see uh, you know what's changed, what's different, uh, what's that smell, uh, you know things <laughs> like that. So, uh, but I got to give a shout out to uh, Warwagon ninety two. He's my buddy Wes, uh, Jeep buddy um, uh, from out here in my area. He uh, offered to let me borrow one of his cars. He's got he's got an extra uh, little car with his son in the military right now, um, and he's like, hey, if you want to borrow the Jetta, you know. I'll come pick you up. You can, you know, have this for a week or two or three days, however long you need it till you get your car back. Uh, so big shout out to Wes. My heart goes out to you, man. You're, you're a good guy. Uh, that's great. Uh, you know, I'd be happy to lend you a, a spare vehicle that I had, but I would not allow it to be parked at your house. You would need to right. drop it off <laughs> at my house every day. You <laughs> uh, must have a low jack, three clubs and a, uh, and a boot. So, you know, I sent you some information, and, and we probably should do, uh, I know we've done it in the past, but we probably should do some uh, some new uh, anti-theft type stuff for our Jeeps, because good God, can you imagine what, how you'd feel if your, if your Cherokee got stolen uh, with all the time and effort you put into it? Uh, but uh, I sent you that, that link uh, about somebody using a burner phone uh, with uh, GPS and uh, tied to, uh, there's, there's actually software that you can mm -hmm. get that'll use the burner phone. And uh, I haven't looked into it far enough to see how it actually works, but I get the feeling it actually, uh, you, you send a SMS message to the phone and it returns the information back uh, in the app to where it's located based on the, the GPS coordinates at the time. So you literally could have a LoJack system without having to pay the 800 bucks and the uh, whatever the subscription fee is. So you do have to pay for the data plan though because yes, you that's do. not that's not something that you can you can just do with the uh, with the standard the standard plan. So you got to have data access and the minimum of that is $10 a month. So 120 a year for something that you may or may not use. I like the idea of going a different route using the burner phone 
skipping the data plan and hooking up an IED. <laughs> yeah, ring, ring. I'm just saying. Boom. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not going to have to worry about that thief. I'm not going to have to worry about that car. That's Done right. deal. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, that might be an option for some of you folks that are worried about your, your Jeep getting, uh, getting uh, stolen is uh, put the uh, a GPS tracker, not having to uh, go with the, uh, the subscription service. But Josh is right. Uh, but $10 a month isn't too bad you know get rid of that no, uh, that silly uh, satellite radio service that you have <laughs> no it was it was an interesting article a little bit uh, it's a lot more than plug and play for, oh, yeah, for a lot is. of people well within my wheelhouse and skill set though so thanks thanks tony for for sharing that information no but that does bring up a good point um you know many years back we we had a segment called uh, uh electrical and audio tips that's right and uh and uh we did a, a bunch of stuff that was electrical and, and audio related and one of the things that we went through was uh, security tips specifically for Jeeps and, and Jeep owners uh, because well, we're a very unique vehicle. And so um, that's something I might have to resurrect. I'll have to go back and, and dig up those notes and uh, and uh, add to them a little bit more with some current stuff and, and get you guys some uh, some some security tech out there. Something uh, A little something we haven't really covered uh, all that much recently, at least as far as specifically Jeep security. I have, you know, I would think that we would have heard from somebody too if their uh, their Jeep had been stolen, just simply from the the fact of all the times you had your Honda stolen. So uh, it's nice. I, I see them occasionally on Facebook where they'll post uh, either a, a tow rig or a Jeep has been stolen, and the the right, you know, everybody look out for this. And I always try to share yeah. that on our page. Yeah, I see, I, every week when I'm uh, researching uh, stories for for this week in Jeep. Um, I see about, you know, stolen Jeep involved in this crime or, you know, something, uh, you know, a, a Jeep involved in a high speed chase because the person committed a crime and and found out later that, that it was a stolen vehicle and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's like every week I'm seeing this this stuff. So it's it's a lot more common with Jeeps than you than you think. So just because it hasn't happened to you yet doesn't mean that it can't. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh, cheer everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on to something bad. My, my Jeep was gone. It was fine. You guys started talking about getting stolen and it was gone. It's your fault. You owe me a Jeep. <laughs> pulled off that band aid, didn't I? <laughs> Scratch that scab. Well, hey, you guys want to join in on the campfireside chat? Maybe you uh, got a stolen Honda story of your own you'd like to share. Well, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Hey, now some events from around the world and maybe even your neck of the woods. And hey, let us know about your event. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Check or click and fill out our wheeling wear form. That's right. We got a form for you guys now. Really easy. Just, you know, fill out the blanks and click the boxes and all that sort of stuff. And, and we'll get it. And we'll be sure to uh, get the information out about your event in an upcoming episode of the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, we've got the Quadratech annual tent sale happening October 10th at the Quadratech headquarters in Westchester, Westchester, Pennsylvania. And we have the Natural State Overland presenting the Rendezvous in the Ozarks 2018, happening October 19th through the 21st. It's a three-day event at the Birds Adventure Center in the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas. Very cool right there, guys. Uh, and, of course, for more information on these events or any event that we've talked about here on the Jeep Talk Show, all the links and all the information you need, just visit jeeptalkshow.com website. Uh, for this episode or any of the others. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to tell a friend, a coworker, another Jeeper, or the person who hands your food at the drive-thru about the show. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Oh, and uh, hey, if that rash doesn't clear up in a week, uh, I did. I, that wasn't us. Nice.
Broadcasting since 2010.